What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biko. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your illustrious host, the Franchise, and joining me is my co host, a brother from the same mother, Biko. Oh, what's up, guys? <laughs> I totally wasn't paying attention. My bad. Oh, you're totally out of it, huh? A little bit. A little bit. But no, we're good. Um. It is, what's today? Monday, Tuesday. It's Tuesday, March 3rd? 4th? I think it's the 3rd, dude. Um, um, and we want to talk to you guys, like, this episode, like, before we get into, I think our today's topic is going to be pretty much on convention experiences. Um, what we follow, like, the do's and don'ts when you're at, attending a comic book convention. Um, before we get into that, we do want to look at some news that happened yesterday that kind of, like, shocked the entertainment world. Um, if you, if you ever heard of the show, um, Inside the Actors Studio... Uh, he probably came up with the host, James Lipton. He sadly, he passed away at the age of 93. Um, you know, I remember catching his show, I think it was like on PBS, I think it was, back in the day. And then, of course, um, he was also often parodied, you know, by Will Ferrell. They used to parody him a lot in um, SNL. Um, that was cool because he had different actors and pretty much um, he pretty much goes through their career. And the actors take time. They just usually do like a clip or something from their work and they have like a discussion afterwards what their thoughts were in that process so he hosted many many actors um you know it's said uh, like he i would say he's kind of like besides leonard Maltzen, he's like one of those icons and like you know leonard Maltzen is like the famous movie critic so um he usually has the books about like the top rated movies of like certain years and then um and pretty much um He's one of those out there where it comes to like interviewing and kind of, uh, you know, inspires other people like, you know, like Zach Alfman, I guess, has like the Between the Two Ferns. Like, that's his, like, his own interview show where he talks to different actors as well. Um, it's almost like some, almost like podcasting almost back in the day, basically. You know, when they do like interviews, usually not entertainment tonight or anything. And then before the podcasting became a thing where you can interview people, that was like the next big thing was if you want to know like other people's works, you know, back in the day was through watching Inside the Actor Studio. Yeah, I mean, I remember it, like, as I was very young seeing him, uh, and then I remember he, I think more fondly, I remember his interview with Chappelle, because uh, I think this was a little after the success of the Chappelle show, before, he, I think it was, before he kind of, not fell off, he, like, took a whole sabbatical himself, which I, I still applaud to this day, because he's had such a tremendous, uh, <coughs> excuse me, resurgence of his career. Even though it never really went away, I think that's like one of the smart moves you should do when you come when it comes into uh, gaining notoriety and in, in something that you do. Um, but his interviews with him, it was nothing short of. I think it was just you saw both personalities really shine and really show that he did have a genuine like, which I I think that uh, what I like about him hosting that show. Um, inside director studio is that he really showed his personality with each and every character or each and every person he interviewed on there and uh he really dove in but he was such a good interview in the sense that like he's you would still capture his genuine curiosity for understanding these humans that are portraying themselves on the screen and trying to bring i guess writers art to life and so with him specifically pertaining to the Chappelle interview, it was great that he was like really asked, really trying to dive into and like try to understand what comedy means to Chappelle and how important it is. And like they bounced off each other so well. And it, it, it just, it was very natural as opposed to a lot of interviews you see these days where um, 
I don't know where you guys tend to see your interviews. I, I go on YouTube because I think it's the best because I, I kind of stick to certain interviewers that I like that do decent types of work and that it's it kind of remains pretty unbiased. And then when they are biased, they kind of just like clear the air then and there. And I think podcasts kind of help open that realm as well. But uh, if you want to go over like his career, um, pretty much it's just on from Wikipedia. Um, he was born in September 19, 1926 in Detroit. He was the only child of Betty... Um, Lee Weinberg, a teacher and librarian, and Lawrence Tip Lipton, um, a journalist and B poet. Um, pretty much his dad was like um, known as a graphic designer. He was a columnist for the Jewish Daily Forward and publicity director for Movie Theater. Um, and like I said, um, his mom was pretty much a teacher and librarian. Um, it says like his family, you know, growing up, his family struggled like financially, and then James had to like go to work like at the age of thirteen. Uh, he worked in a high school. As a newspaper copy boy for Detroit Times, as an actor in the Catholic Theater of Detroit and in radio, he graduated from Central High School in Detroit. Um, he attended Wayne State University for one year in the mid-1940s and enlisted in the U.S. Air Force, so he was a veteran, I would say, like in the Air Force. That's kind of interesting. Um, looks like he did some acting career. Um, he was he portrayed Dan Reed, the Lone Ranger's nephew, on radio as a Lone Ranger. He initially studied to be a lawyer in New York City, turned to acting to finance his education. He wrote for several soap operas, so he wrote Another World, Edge of Night, Guiding Light, The Best of Everything, Return to Peyton Place and Capital. It says here he also acted for like 10 years on the show Guiding Light. He studied for two and a half years with Stella Adler, four years with Harold Clerman, and two years with Robert Lewis. I guess it was like different actors to study the whole of craft. Um, he also started studying voice and dance and modern dance and classical ballet and choreographed ballet for the American Ballet Theater. Uh, it says here, in 1951, he appeared in a Broadway play, The Unguarded Garden, by Liam Hellman. He portrayed a shipping clerk turned gang member in Joseph Strick's 1953 film, The Big Break, a, a crime drama. He was a libertist and lyricist for the short-lived 1967 Broadway musical Sherry, based on the Miles Hart and George S. Coffin play, The Man Who Came to Dinner, music by his childhood friend, Lawrence Rosenthal. Um, his book, An Exhilaration of Larks, was first published in 1968, has been in print and revised several times since then, including the 1993 Penguin Books edition. The book is a collection of terms that venerate both real and created by Mithum himself. It does check a biography for the first edition of Exaltation, and it said his activities include fencing, swimming, and equestrian pursuits that he had written to Broadway productions. Um, pretty much, uh, in 2004, 2005, and 2013, 2019, he appeared on several episodes of Arrested Development as Wharton Stefan Gentles in 2008. He provided verse voice for the director in the Disney animation film Bolt. He played himself as Brainwash, interviewed with Monster Ava's acting teacher in the Paris Vietnam animated film Igor. Lipton also appears twice in the Samuel Soul Family Guy and Cutaways, where he says improv both times. Um, of course, in Inside the Actor Studio is like the big show that he's done in the early 90s. Lipton was inspired by Bernard Pivot and sought to create a three year educational program for actors. It will be a distillation of what he had learned in 12 years of his own intensive studies. In 94, he arranged for the Actors Studio, the home base of method acting in the U.S. For over 60 years, he joined it with New York City's New School University and formed the Actors Studio Drama School, a former degree granting program at the graduate level. After ending its contract with the New School, the Actors Studio established the Actors Studio Drama School at Pace University in 2006. It says here he created a project with the Actors Studio Drama School, a non credit class called Inside the Actors Studio, which was started in 1994. Where successful college actors, directors, writers will be interviewed, it will answer questions from acting students. Um, this is also from Wikipedia. Um, these sessions are also taped, edited, and broadcast on television for Jump Proper C. The episodes are viewed in 89 million homes throughout 125 countries. Lipton hosted the show and conducted the main interview. During the interview with Daniel Simone, author of the 
Aphasia highest on SE anticipated sudden success. Lipton responded, not in my wildest dreams. It was a joint autoreceptor involved, man. People at the point time not to this in the past, I had three lives. I was a dean of the actor studio, the writer of the series, as host, and second producer. I maintained Prince Prosperous 16-hour schedule. He was awarded Francis Order de Arts de Lettres in 2014 for his work in the show. And and he retired from the show in September 2018. Declared he was stepping down from the program after more than 24 years. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys had any ability to talk to inside the actors, check it out. I believe some of the interviews are on YouTube. I think the one I kind of saw when he had the cast of The Simpsons on it. And they were talking about, you know, they were doing like a Simpsons-esque um, episode. And it was kind of cool that James actually asked each um, actor, voice actress, uh, to answer questions in their character voice. Um, which was kind of cool because one time he asked, like, um, Dan Cassianetta, you know, if he can talk to Homer, like, saying if Homer was, like, a real person, it was kind of cool. He's like, can you please say your name? Sure, my name is Homer J. Simpson. The J stands for J. <laughs> He's like, he does that, and it was kind of funny. I remember seeing that episode. Like I said, he's often parody. Um, looks like his cause of death was um, bladder cancer. Wow. But like I said, um, it comes to personal life. It says here, between 1954 and 1959, he was married to actress Nina Fah. He was married to Kentucky Turner Lipton, a model and real estate broker from 1970 to his death. Kentucky Turner Lipton was known as the model playing Miss Scarlet on the cover of the board game Clue. She was the book illustration designer for James's book, The Exaltation of Larks, the Ultimate Edition, and the 200 or so of Inside the Actors Studio. Lipton revealed that he was an atheist. He also revealed that during the 1950s, he had been a procurer. Oh, wow. <laughs> Prostitutes in Paris. Okay, that's interesting. He was also a certified pilot, of course, of serving in the Air Force. Um, like I said, you know, he's uh, he had a great um, career, you know, with all those interviews and stuff. Like I said, he's kind of like, almost like, to me, he's like a, almost like a pioneer when it comes to interviewing. One of the pioneers, you know, there's like Jay Leno, and there's, you know, um, Jimmy Car- uh, Johnny Carson, you know, um, Steve Allen, all those, like, comedians who were going to host him with him being, you know, having... Doing the actor shoot, working out of the school and doing these interviews and stuff, working with his students, you know, that way his students can learn, you know, how, you know, the mind works when it comes to acting and stuff and what it takes to uh, portray the characters that are being portrayed on film and screen and stage. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, and <clears throat> I know um, right now it's been crazy right now, especially in, in other worlds right now. Right now, I just played like the Final Fantasy VII demo out right now, the remake demo. Of course, the game is coming out worldwide April 10th, but definitely check out the demo. Um, it was like 20 minutes, I think. I was playing it earlier, and um, you pretty much played the scene where um, Cloud, he's joining um, Baron and his troops um, as they're trying to uh, set up a bomb in the core reactor, the Mako core at the Shinra Enterprise building. Um, you play a little bit, but you get to fight uh, like one boss, and you get to fight different enemies. The gameplay's not bad. Um, and also, people are like traditionalists, so get they got used to the whole turn base. But it's kind of fun because you get to switch between the characters, and they can they still issue, uh, you know, you can still be like a tactical, so you can still can you know shout orders to your allies. You can switch between allies. You have different abilities, so it's kind of fun. It's like you know they com- they combine a little bit of the Kingdom Hearts, but at the same time, keeping up that that tactic style of the old turn base, you know, fun. So definitely check that out. Um, because on April tenth, worldwide. And of course, uh, another thing too is like the coronavirus, man. It's been impacting a lot of events and stuff. Um, but it looks like according to comicbook.com, um, and this is pretty much related to the topic we're going to talk about today. Um, 
Emerald City Comic Con, they did announce um, they are going to keep the show still going to go on despite the coronavirus outbreak. This is an article from comicbook.com. It was written by Adam Banhart. Um, pretty much, uh, this is what the statement says from the Repop who does, like, you know, who does, um, they organize C2E2. They organize New York Comic Con. They also oversee Emerald City Comic Con. This is the statement that they put on. We know... ECCC means a lot of means a lot to a lot of people. Many of us and you have been looking forward to ECCC for a year now. We always wanted the best for this community that we have grown to love so much. Um, ECCC 2020 will take place as scheduled March 12 to the 15 at the Washington State Convention Center in downtown Seattle. Um, I mean, it's been like a lot. Of, like you know, there's uh, some cases here, especially with us. We live in Illinois. It's like the third case wasn't announced, and then apparently, um. That they want to tell us. That what, what's confirmed that. so far. Just remember that. What they want to tell us. But, of course, um, if you remember, the um, Electronic Gamers Conference, was, Developers Conference was canceled as well as postponed. Um, like, right now, WWE, if you're a big wrestling fan, you know, WrestleMania is coming out, like, in April, April, the first week of April. But so far, there's been cases, you know, in that area, had been confirmed in that area of Tampa where WrestleMania is going to take place. WWE is currently, you know, they're monitoring the situation, so... Um, I know Japan, they cancel a lot of events. South Korea, cancel a lot of events as well. A lot of conventions and trade shows are being canceled or postponed due to concerns. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's... I can't say this is like a... I can't say it's not like a plague or anything. It's like, you know... This is like makings of a... You know, like a, one of those like disaster films. So I don't want to sound negative that, you know... I mean... You know, starting in China, but it's like... They can always say so much when it comes to cases, you know. They try to their best to hide, you know, you know, patient, you know, confidentiality. China, but yeah, like, I mean, China has years for years, and I'm not gonna only single them out because our country does the same thing. Um, because journalism has become something different than what it was in the past couple decades. But China has been for years showing signs of just underreporting cases like such as this or natural disasters, disasters. And other forms of, I want to say, traumatic experiences in, in this life that, especially when it pertains to their country, they do that to not cause panic with their people, which, I mean, our own government has their own guideline for that. It's it's literally, uh, it literally has that stated. They have a, a separate thing next to the Constitution when there's, like, an actual book. I don't know if it, I can't remember if, it was the, if they had published it during FDR's. Uh, presidential campaign or uh, not during the terms. polio scare. Uh, well, that there was the Great Depression. Uh, they there was a, especially with nuclear uh, technology being upped after, uh, during World War Two and in between. But uh, at least pertaining to this virus, we see these things um, pertain and happen and spread. And we're seeing cases. Italy just reported. Uh, I think oh, I can't remember the number, but they're up to forty deaths already or something like that. Uh, in Italy, check it up. Don't don't fucking don't quote me, guys. Uh, by any means, but we we see this, and so what? And it's it's stateside. Don't ever think that it can't happen here, because it will. I and I know if you've been around, if you've been around long enough, if not, these things tend to happen at certain points. Coincidentally enough, um, I'm mean, not saying it's a bad thing. It's just like we've had Ebola, bird flu, swine flu. Uh, I just saw a meme earlier today about, like, how the Y2K scare was a thing. And I, I was a kid. We were in Mexico when that shit went down. It was great. <laughs> it didn't fucking matter. So, like, just like everything you guys do, um, 
Definitely, I'll take Just care of yourself. Just keep yeah. alive, but take care of yourself. Sanitize your hands. God damn it, sanitize your hands. Wash your hands. Shit, oh, this, you should have washed your hands a long time ago. I see the memes. Like, this is always, this is just common sense to do. This isn't anything new. Coughing, sneezing, cover your mouth, clean up, sanitize your hand, carry a hand sanitizer with you. There's natural sources. If you want the, if you want the, the chemical killing good stuff, get that fucking Purell, guys. Like, you got, just take care of yourselves out there. And, and if you don't have to leave your house and, and you don't have a means, and you have all your means to the end covered, Maybe, and you feel like you have a sickness coming on, definitely get yourself checked. And if not, take take some rest. Now, I, I know not everybody's in that same situation, and I mean, yours truly included, but things happen. And so, and especially like this, and I know in America, if this spreads and spreads even faster than what it is, because we have several states that are reporting cases, um, just remember that it's just as quick that it's going to turn a lot of people again, a lot of people in. And it's going to show a lot of different cases of trauma. And who knows how people are going to react knowing this thing. People are going to panic I, on certain things. Um, I think Costco is reporting that uh, they've had a, an up in traffic as of late. People buying bulk, or bulk items, obviously, because that's their bread and butter. But for the most part, just kind of just be aware. Just be aware of what's going on. Just practice good, I want to say good hygiene and be careful out there uh keep your immune system strong take your probiotics you know eat some good foods do some do prepare yourself before it's too late and i and i've already read there's a, a kit that they just released that china that they just tested and then it's able to detect uh the coronavirus up to 96 percent mm. in about i think it's said nine hours so it's a good turnaround time to compare it to before where they were quarantining people for 14 days but at, after nine days they recheck to see if the, the signs arise because they can still arise even when you think it's cleaned out so we're dealing with something very very interesting here uh but as always you remember don't ever say it can never come here because it can this is, i think that's just the american blind blissful ignorance that we that they condition us to um Nonetheless, I also wanted to share um, another thing I want to say because we're talking about news, right? Uh, yeah, it's not a news segment part of the podcast. Uh, Final Fantasy stuff because uh, we are still pop culture. Um, I want to say that they're. I think I just saw that they just canceled the sci-fi series, The Magician. Yeah, I just they saw. Just I see. The, I just pulled up the article shit. right now. And I just I just got into that not too long ago. I, I, I dabbled in because I'm I'm a TV show kind of person. Movies are, have to really grip me, so like I just dip around, put my toes in the water, and I remember seeing that I've heard hearing about that show, and I think they had like some, one of those like free um, first two season episode first episodes of the two season like on, on uh, YouTube or something like that for mm-hmm. episode of the season. So I kind of watched it, and it was entertaining. I'm just kind of like not shocked that sci-fi would do that because that sci-fi's always been iffy. Yeah, years, I just found the article. That's... It was a decent show. I'm very surprised to see that I got the axe, but this isn't anything new. Networks have been doing this for years to where they slash, I want to say, fan fan support. Like, I got to say, positively, critically positive received shows. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad that we see something like this again kind of happen. But who say, who's to say that it won't get picked up on Hulu or it won't get picked up on Netflix given that it's got a form of popularity? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's the same, but like Lucifer right now has been Lucifer, has yeah. been getting a lot of traction because 
Um, you know, it used to be on Fox and then Netflix, you know, when they got it and they said, oh, you know what, let's keep it going. And it's like, it kept funny because uh, they kept saying, oh, season six could be the last season. Now they're like, oh, we're going to do it again because Netflix is seeing how much the popularity of the fan base of the show is. Because honestly, when it comes to streaming service, you can do so much versus being on the network because uh, with, when it comes to being on a streaming service, you can, you know, get away with certain things. Um, you can up the violence, up the, you know, sexual tensions and stuff versus, you know... On regular TV, on primetime television, you know, you got the demographics when it comes to, like, family or it's in gra- demographics. So you got to hold back on certain things. But, yeah, that show, like I said, hopefully, you know, the musicians um, do get picked up by sci-fi or even by Amazon. You know, sometimes, you know, shows do get picked up by other streaming services. I mean, right now, of course, um, if you're a big, you know, another piece of news I kept seeing over the weekend, um, if you're a big Disney fan, especially a fan of Lizzie McGuire, I think Hilary Duff is, like, playing her case to Disney to see the move um the Lizzie McGuire revival to um, Hulu itself because being that you know Lizzie McGuire's an adult and stuff and you know to me kind of makes sense um, because if it's like so far they haven't found you showing her but Hillary Duff did a uh, statement saying that she hopes she can convince Disney to move to Hulu because you know Disney owns Hulu <laughs> they own a controlling interest of Hulu now since they you know the whole Fox deal well, that's so because there's a lot more adult stuff. It's like it's like well, in, in the whole Disney Plus is supposed to be more like family oriented, so that's like a lot of like the Fox programs. Like yes. that's why they announced like you know right now FX launched yesterday on Hulu, yeah, so I'm a lot of the FX shows are on there like American Horror Story, Southern Anarchy, even like the new ones are coming out soon. Like Debs is coming out. That's by like the writer director of Ex Machina is coming out. I believe on the fifth. It's going to come out Friday. It's called Devs. It's like an FX um, original show that's going to be only on Hulu itself. And like a lot of the new programs going to be on FX, going to be appearing on Hulu the next day. Because, of course, like I said, um, Disney owns FX Studios, so they get all that programming and stuff. And like I said, Hulu, they're trying to, that's what they're doing the whole, and since they shut down, you know, the FX Now app, yeah. that a lot of the FX content is coming to Hulu itself. Because I've never seen American Horror, Horror Story, so that's something I would like to get into because I know that the, the, the season tag got announced and, you know, Macaulay Culkin's going to be in it, so it's kind of interesting to see. But, I mean, I heard that you really don't have to follow the storyline because, like, it's more like an anthology series, but some of the actors do appear in the seasons, but as different characters. Just, I think, it keeps, like, the same connection. But I think Sarah Paulson and Evan Peters, they took, like, a break from season 9. They're coming back for season 10, so I know they've been there for a while. Um, yeah, that's something I do want to check out. Um, another thing, too, I read, like, another piece of news. Um, trying to get, like, a little anime news before we get into our segment here. Um, pull up Anime News Network. Um, if you guys are, like, owners of the Funimation Now app, um, Funimation didn't announce. They got some, they got the streaming rights from their Aniplex um, library. Um, let me see if I can pull up the article that was actually announced yesterday. Let's see if I can find it here. So, no, Anime News Network actually announced it, and also Funimation. Um, they added the Monogatari series um, to the catalog, which is like, uh, it's basically, there's a bunch of animes based on the works. Um, uh, it's basically all the four, all the series, um, Bakemono Nantakadari, Nisei Monogatari, Neko Monogatari Black, um, Monogatari Series Second Season, um, and Oranagani Seasons 1 and 2. They're all going to be dubbed. Um, it's based on um, Nisei Nosen's novel series. Um... Pretty much the it's pretty much the novel series centers on Kayomi Kayomi Aragi. This is from the article from I'm a News Network. A loner, failing student. One day his classmate Hitagi Sojogahara falls into his arms and accidentally he discovers that Hitagi literally weighs nothing. According to her, she has had this problem since the first year of high school. After Kayomi helps out with her supernatural problem, 
Kyomi then meets other girls who are all troubled by some manner of supernaturality. So it's pretty much like kind of like that supernatural-esque, you know... I've seen the little clip from it. I think Crunchyroll has three episodes, but now um, Funimation, since, you know, Aniplex Studios is owned by Sony Pictures Japan, case in point, Sony Pictures Japan owns 95% of Funimation, so they're putting a lot of their library integrating to Funimation, so that way Funimation can have more content, so that way they can compete with Crunchyroll, with High Dive, and, you know, with other streaming services when it comes to anime content. You know, Netflix is slowly getting into the anime game as well, but a lot of their originals as well. So definitely check it out. It should be available today on Funimation Now. I have the Funimation Now app, so I do have Crunchyroll. Well, basically I have Verve, which has Crunchyroll, High Dive, and other channels. And I heard about the series. I started watching it Inspectors, like the new one that that's really good. Definitely recommend you guys check that series out. It's one of those um, Crunchyroll originals, which is really good. Let me see if there's anything new that came out on Anime News right now. Oh, yeah. I do want to mention um, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising, the second film, actually finished the weekend at number four. Oh, shit. This is funny because a lot of people are like, oh, and then a lot of people are saying, oh, I couldn't have done more because the problem was it was only in the select theater, so not every theater carried them. But I think well, if it was available. Good for it, being for niche spots. But if it was like, yeah, I think it, yeah, it finished at number four in the box office, and, you know, it was kind of cool. Uh, but a lot of people saying hey, if if it was like in it was available to every theater in well, nationwide, it probably would have done more because there's that big fan base when it comes to this series. And like I said, this is a series for people that you know like comic books, like read about Marvel, DC. At the same time, they never got into anime. Definitely read the manga. You know, you'll enjoy the story. And um, like the anime is really well done. It's by Studio Bones. And to whole animation, you know, they did a good job with adapting the works and everything. Like I said, the movie was fantastic. So I know we did a review last, I did a review last week on it. But definitely, if it's still in theaters, definitely guys check it out. I don't know when it's going to be available on Blu-ray. Or yeah, Funimation has not announced because they have distribution. They have U.S. distribution for that series as well. So definitely check it out if you guys have a chance in theaters. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, let's see, any other news I can pull up right now? See if I can pull up anything that I see that's kind of. See if I can pull up from CPR right now. Comic resources. Like I said, we we cite like a lot of sources, so we do get get it from different sites. Let me see what IGN has today. Well, I mean, uh, while you're pulling that up, uh, to. I guess I want to say our main uh, segment that we want to talk about today was uh, conventions um, because we had a chance to go to C2E2 last night or on uh, Saturday, as we had mentioned on the previous episodes. Um, and so we kind of wanted to provide some sort of, I want to say, advice or, or ob- observations and recollections we've had over the years with attending different conventions. And then specifically, we're obviously going to probably more or less count to what we experienced uh, at C2E2 this year. Because it's, I think it's just a good, since it's pretty fresh on their minds, especially if you're from around here or if you traveled out of the state to come and see the event, I think it's great to, um, I guess, touch base because obviously it helps them as well uh, because it was definitely, definitely different than what we experienced last time. But nonetheless, um, we had went Saturday, doors opened at 10 it said, but we got there a little later, had to do some stuff beforehand. Um and C2E2, if you're not familiar with the convention, it's a big electronics and 
comic book, pop culture. It's an entertainment. It's all, it, yeah, but you have to, you know, not everyone's entertained by stuff like that. But, like, it's just a big expo of all your, yeah. So, you know, you, you get a chance to um, essentially go to a big flea market of different vendors selling their merchandise. And the merchandise can be pertaining to pop culture stuff, comic books, anime, uh, movies, games, uh just about anything that we keep ourselves at leisure with. Just a lot of media things. And then um, they have sections to where you can find your favorite celebrities that you may have a pertaining attachment to. Signing autographs, having meet and greets. Uh, and along with various panels uh, with all sorts of information and, and people who are in the industry of, of entertainment. And others who have, may have worked behind the scenes or who or maybe have write, wrote and and produce your the, your favorite uh, favorite forms of entertainment you've seen today. Uh, writers, just everything, all forms of art and entertainment. So it's a really it's a really fun thing I think to really just kind of check out for yourself if you've never been to a convention. I I, I feel like I would uh, say if we want to go back, um, right? Let's go back to the beginning. Um, our first convention was actually at Wizard World twenty fourteen. That was like, whew, yeah. That was a long time, but that was like our first convention that we went to that was held in Rosemont. Um, well, Wizard World is, I mean, it's not like a local convention. It's a traveling convention, so they go different places. Um, so they're like a traveling one, so you get vendors that are not, you know, based here in Chicago, in Chicago area. But like I said, they do a great show. Um, they use the Donnelly Stevens Convention Center as the main base. Um, I remember our first year. I actually still have the t-shirt from that convention. I don't know if I still have it now, but. Uh, that was kind of cool. It was like our first combo convention, you know, it was the first time we went, you know. No, no one went there before, you know. We've never been to a convention. We heard about the, you know, San Diego Comic Con International is like the biggest one. But, you know, that's usually hard to get to because you got to, like, plan ahead of time and, you know, having the funds and everything. But um, what was cool about that one was um, we got to see, I think, um, I think my first autograph I got was from Lou Ferrigno. So we got to do a meet and greet with Lou Ferrigno. I was dressed as Finn from Adventure Time. So that was like my first time in costume. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to dress as Adventure Time. You know, Adventure Time was a big thing back then. Um, we walked around the convention. You know, they had like a couple floors. You know, they had one floor dedicated to artists set to like autograph sessions. And then, you know, they had one area for artists. Yeah, it's pretty And standard. then the vendors. It's pretty similar. And it's good to see people in different costumes and stuff. And... I think we attended like a few panels at that time. I think we attended one about the people that dress up as superheroes, mm-hmm. like the Superhero Initiative. Where oh, that was actually really cool. They like you know they dress in the community and pretty much you know raise awareness to like violence and stuff. But they dress as superheroes to raise awareness. They help out the communities. Kind and of stuff. patrol the areas. Patrol so the areas. Yeah. Just like another form of eyes, like a neighborhood watch. But they also do good things for the homeless and for children in need. So it's just like. They do positive things for local communities, um, and we got a chance to really see how that went through. It was really cool. Um, I didn't, but just how you described the setup, which is pretty, pretty typical to what C two E two is. It's generally the, it's the same type of setup, uh, just in a bigger I want to say venue compared to Rosemont's Convention Center uh, in Illinois, but. Uh, Pertaining to C2E2, since that was our latest experience, I want to say, um, not, not, I want to, because I pulled up a, I pulled up a list of a convention do's and don'ts off of Wired, but they mainly describe do's and don'ts at San Diego Comic Con, which, that one in New York are the, probably the bigger ones. So, I cannot doubt that they mirror themselves, and if there is anything like that compared to C2E2, it's probably the same thing. So, uh, I, I pulled a list, but... 
so far, I kind of wanted to just share what, I guess, what you thought about your experience at C2E2 last Saturday and what I thought about it. And then uh, I guess we can kind of, I don't know, for preferences, um, I guess we can describe to it. I would say for me, it's like, um, like I said, this this was like our third C2E2. Um, we went the first year, it was 2016 was our first one. Then we went the year afterwards. Um this was like my third one, but it was like our third convention. That was like my first convention in three years because um, it wasn't like for the fact that, you know, we try our best to go like year after year, but the problems with the dates kind of changing, it kind of falls in in line where sometimes, you know, we can't go because I'll usually the event kind of pulls up. And, you know, this year kind of makes it special because, you know, we haven't been to CTC2 in like three years. And, you know, we decided this year we'll at least go on like a Saturday. I think our first year... Our first C2E2, like, in 2016, well, we went on a Friday, like, the first day. But the bad, good thing we did was, one of the things was that we didn't couldn't do la- last twice was to be there early. We were able to park in the parking garage. Actually, got there early yeah, before the like doors opened. Yeah. It opened at 10, but we got there, like, around 9-something, but we were able to get parking in there. 11. Or 11. I think they opened at 11. They, they, I guess the hour was different back then, but... um. We got there early, but we were able to park in the garage and actually walk, you know, not that far to the event. It was kind of cool. But, I mean, it was our first, you know, thing. Like I said, we got used to Wizard World, and I think I remember um, sometime around 2014, 2015, I ended up going to um, an anime convention that was in Mexico with my cousin. She invited me, and, you know, the experience was the same. It's kind of different. Like, every show is different. They have different quirks and different, like, things they offer. And it was cool seeing that, like, even going there. Yeah, but first C2E2. Was you know, um, it was cool. Um, you know, it was something new. We kept walking around. It was kind of easier when we got there early because that's the best thing to do, be there early because then it starts getting packed later on. But we were able to walk around. I was dressed as Finpool, so I was Deadpool dressed as Finn from Ranger Shine. So I did uh, a kind of like a mashup costume, which I, I kept the tradition for the for the last next two C two days we went. Of course, the recent one that we went to, um, it was kind of cool. You know, I had like little kids come up to me asking for pictures, people asking pictures, and then fist bumps with a couple of Deadpool's. Was Deadpool was kind of big around that time in twenty sixteen because, of course, with the success of the the film adaptation of Deadpool, so it was a big thing. You know, that was the big thing that time, and um, it was kind of cool. And I actually bought a photo op. I was like my first photo op, and my first photo op was with CM Punk. Um, it was kind of cool. He was actually a real cool guy. Um, really mellow. Um, and the funny thing was, is I can't hold your sword because I had like the fin sword from Adventure Times. So I can't hold your sword, and we actually do have the picture. We have it up. Um, I would say Biko. When it comes to height wise, Biko was actually close to his height because he he's actually a tall guy. Yeah, yeah. he's a pretty tall guy. But it was fun, you know. You know, we were walked around like the center was real nice and everything. Um, and of course, the following year we decided to go on a Saturday. And we decided, um, you know, last time we got there too early, let's time, let's go, like, close to the time. And by a big mistake, we did that way because all the parking filled up that second that second year. It got bigger. Yeah. So we had to park, like, off-site near, like, a residential area, which, you know, we were able to park and pretty much make our way over to the convention walk our way. You know, it was kind of a good walk, a decent walk. Uh, make sure you wear comfortable shoes, guys. I do recommend that. If you're going to go in costume, definitely wear comfortable footwear. Um yeah, because you're going to be on your feet all day. You're more pretty much on your feet. They have places that you could sit and stuff, but that gets filled up because not everyone is as durable as others. Um, especially depending what you're doing, because it's a big space. Um, you're constantly moving and shifting around and checking out different stands. And there's a lot of people. To, uh, so if you're not comfortable being in big crowds um, or being surrounded, 
essentially with a lot of people in your general area i i don't recommend that you would i know if you do have a uh, a love for this form of entertainment i know it, it could be difficult to be in these crowds i uh which is why like one of my things is like especially with these conventions is that i i just get annoyed i get like an irritating form of anxiety because it's just that like i i walk pretty fast i'm a tall guy i walk pretty fast I have long legs, like, I need, I take pretty different paces than most, and then, other than that, like, what I've seen, and these are, like, my pros, so we'll do pros and cons, I guess, um, I think we've both had a pretty decent experience Saturday, I want to say. No, this year was, uh, yeah. It was pretty good. I would say right. traffic sucked. Uh, traffic definitely sucked. Getting that was a con right there. Um, I would say, they pro tip, definitely, um, beat early. But the problem is due to, you know, if you're going to go to the convention, make sure you get time off of work mm -hmm. um, and schedule. But the problem is you're going to do that because, you know, Biko had a private obligation that he had to attend to. And like I said, if he didn't have to go that day, we probably would have left early from because we don't live. Oh, yeah. We, we would have been, we we been, been there, there like, for, we would have been, we been one of the first ones at the door. Yeah, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. We got there at like one or two. No, we would have gotten there earlier if the lots didn't get full either. Yeah, the lots kind of so packed we, up. Like, so definitely, we, guys. We would have been there like right at noon. It would have been just fine. Yeah, it's just the whole, like, the whole way it was set up when it comes to parking-wise is the signs. I wish there was better co control when it comes to traffic direction. Mm -hmm. People didn't know where they were going. Luckily, we were able to get parking at the south parking lot by outside the old McCormick place. Um, that's, like, south of Soldier Field. So, but still, we were able to get in there. But to me, that was kind of, like, my big frustration is parking is, like, one of the biggest If you're by a train, cons. just take the train. You're yeah. better off. Um, I, I, I mean, I personally, if we didn't work, I would have told you we should have taken the train, but I had to be somewhere else. Um, but yeah, the traffic sucked. The coordination with with uh, with traffic officers or with the the venue itself could have been a little better. They did as best as they could. I can understand Chicago's not the best at doing shit like that, especially when it pertains to the McCormick Place. But they do a good job when the auto show comes up, right? But uh, it was cool. We got there. I guess I guess you could say the mid part of the day because. Um, my one gripe too, as well, would be show floor hours. Yes. For them, I understand like eleven to seven is a long time, and I understand like the people who are selling merchandise and showcasing things, they have to be there early, man. I understand. Like my my friend had to be there. At, she said she was up at six, had to be there by eight forty five, and she was there until seven close. She works for um, uh, an art company that's that's pretty big art company. So like they have plenty of plenty of spots and uh she had mentioned that that because i asked her because i wanted to see stay, stop in and say hi to her and stuff and catch up while she was doing her thing at the convention but like man just the amount of hours they have to be there all day and some of these people like at least they're lucky like if they're lucky um she was like because like she's basically working for the company so she gets she's getting paid while she's there but some of these people like they're business people, so like the the vendors, entrepreneurs, yeah. they're, they're vendors, so like they're only as good as what they sell, and they gotta be there all day. It's it's a it's a flea market, guys. It's a flea market with entertainment on the on the outside of it. So, uh, just what I want to see, what I do see a lot of though, is there is a lot of kindness around people when it comes to certain vendors, in the sense that like the environment is still pretty up, pretty a, a pretty positive one because everyone's kind of. We all are there because we all share some sort of connection to the properties and intellect intellectual properties are there. So I think it's it's overall a pretty neutral environment. I don't 
I don't think yeah, I've ever I mean, seen like I said, it caters to any fans. Like I saw, yeah. like based on the costumes I saw, there's a lot of anime costumes, a lot of video game inspired costumes. Um, Star Wars. I saw more Star Wars like this year, Rob, like, especially with the new trilogy. So I saw more of the new trilogy versus like the original trilogy. That was like more people like yeah, I saw Vader yeah. too, but I saw more like people girls dressing up as Rey. Um, I saw BB-8, like someone had a remote control BB-8, which was kind of cool, it's Kylo Ren, um, Stormtroopers, because I know there's like people that are part of these groups that are dressed as Stormtroopers, and what, what cool was I saw this one group of people that, they had like biker jackets, but they were like a cop, like a, like a comic book fan group, like a Facebook group, oh. and it was cool, it, sh- it sure is like that bond, so if you're, you're yeah, part of like awesome. a, fa- it's a good meetup place too, especially if you're like one of those social media groups that, hey, you gotta find a way to meet up, that's kind of a way to do it. That's yeah, all um, way to do it, yeah. I saw a lot of couples, you know, that come in costume together. I see people, like, dress their little kids. Like, families will come dressed in costume, which is kind of cool because it's like you're sharing your experiences with your kids, you know, showing the next generation your fandom. Like, hey, you know, I grew up on this stuff. Um, and one thing, too, like I said, I got compliments on my costume. I had a couple people ask for pictures, you know. you know, And it's kind of cool. Yeah, especially if you're going to take a picture of somebody's costume, make sure to ask. Because, you know, especially when it comes to cosplayers, you just best should be professional. Make sure to ask permission oh, to take that's, a picture. Oh, that's on my list. I was going to read off. Yeah, read off your list. Since I kind of like, kinda like I guess since I kind of like um, went over your so, end. No, that's fine. So a big, a big issue um, that's always reported at Comic-Con conventions is people not respecting boundaries or lines, especially with cosplay players. Um so I pulled up this article from Wired. If you want to see it, it's written by uh, Alyssa Rosenberg. It's on Wired.com. It's under the culture section. And this has to be a pretty old. Yeah, it, it, this this article's from 2013. But oh, wow. I feel like I think it still, still applies. It's a pretty, not a Bible, but it's a pretty decent run-up of what you would expect. So it's just like convention etiquette 101, how to avoid crossing the line at Comic-Con. Um and so I guess they sent them over to Comic-Con to kind of report on certain things. And, like, the number one rule, it says, like, first is ask permission, not forgiveness, keep your eyes up. So, like, which, I mean, going to years with you, I generally see that's the case. What happens is that, like, there's, they, there's, always somebody, there's always somebody who compliments you. And then they're just like, hey, is it cool if I take a picture? So, like, I never see anybody really cross the line with that. People are pretty generally cool with the, that stuff. But um, this person takes it as, like, want to take a picture of the cosplayer? Just ask and ask politely. Rather than snapping the picture covertly, there are some great suggestions on good and bad times and ways to approach cosplayers. Well, you can and can't and ask for it. If they say no, then accept that and the answer is no. Don't try to sneak a shot. Under no circumstances, you take a picture that focuses on a single part of a cosplayer. We're talking about butts, tits, you know, because, uh, you know, we, we appreciate the female figure here and we understand that certain people take advantage and... Especially like she mentions in the article, taking pictures covertly uh, to certain body parts of the cosplay players. I mean, there's a subreddit for that, guys. Just go to the subreddit, Jesus Christ. Uh, respect boundaries. Um, and it just says, no under circumstances, so you take a picture that focuses on the single part. And if you're posing for the picture, get something signed or ask a question at the panel. Keep your eyes on the camera or face the person you're talking to. Um, some some panels are hosted by cosplayers that are in there that who have made that have made a living due to their craft and who who go around and share etiquettes. I mean, we've we've viewed a lot of panels who have who have shown different types and they do a good job of providing a lot of information for people who may want to try getting into cosplay and explore that realm of uh, I want to say individuality. Um, to 
it says, and think before you ask. Uh, there's nothing wrong with asking a challenging question in the convention. Uh, I guess this would be pertaining to a panel. Um, asking a cosplayer or an artist for a hug, kiss, or date, or asking about their vibes as an excuse to leer at them has happened to artist Mandy Caruso when she was dressed as the black cat during an interview is something different. Those questions are all about you, not about the work that an artist puts into their comics or a cosplayer put into their costume. So isn't that crazy? So that she's a comic book artist and she, she decided to cosplay that day. And that's just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to swoop right in. So it's like, if you want to compliment someone, stick to their creativity and skills. Yeah, like, looks. you know, the company, right. how they were able to come up with the pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, about the craft. Basically crafting yeah. or, you know, any tips for, like, a future, you know, cosplayer, you know. It's good to ask. And, like, even though people say, oh, you can buy your costumes. Yeah, they will they won't, they won't look down on you. Like, if you don't have the time to create something, you can still buy a store-bought costume and still show it. Yeah, because do what it's you want. not a... It's, about, it's, it's like people producing. are not hating. And plus, a lot of these cosplayers... They sell the stuff they make online that you can buy because they probably feel that, you know, I was going to make something for myself. I want to make it for other people that don't have the time to do it. And I've seen a lot of stuff on Amazon, a lot of places made by cosplayers that you can buy and, you know, it kind of makes them feel good because they were able to share their craft and everything. And like I said, I remember one, once or two, two, I think two years, like three years ago where I had a little kid come up to me. A little kid's like, can I have a picture with you, Mr. Deadpool? It was awesome. So I, I kneeled down next to the kid and we took a picture. His mom was really happy. She was really appreciative. You know, it's like, to me, that's why I like to dress up. It's like, like you know, I could be a different person. It kind of helps with my social anxiety because, I don't know, for some reason when I put on a mask, it makes me, you know, makes me feel a little bit more confident and stuff. And it kind of sucks when it comes to visibility. So that, that's a one tip I would give you guys. If you're going to dress up, make sure you have really good peripheral vision. Or make sure you're not alone. It's going to have a person who can guide you, especially the way, you know, all these conventions are set up. There's some stairs. There's some escalators. Definitely have somebody with you to guide you. Because sometimes when you wear a mask or something, and people don't realize that, you know, if they come up to you or actually bump you, it's because with the mask, sometimes our peripheral vision doesn't work the way you do. Like for me, I have my Deadpool mask. Probably it's white, but it's like a mesh. I can still see a little bit of it. But I tried my best to be careful. That's why it's cool to have Beacon on my side. Because he can guide me around. Because I don't want to bump into somebody. Or accidentally, you know, touch somebody, you know, where they're not supposed to be touched. You know, I try to be careful. Try to be courteous, respectful. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. Because I've seen people post online saying, you know, this is my... Just want to give you guys a heads up. Here's how I'm looking. Please, you know, don't take my bumping. This is being rude. This is all I can see. All this. And all people try their best, you know, to do face paint. Kind of makes it easier. But mirroring a mask, yeah. So definitely, um... When it comes to people wearing masks, don't be mad like if they accidentally bump you. It's because their peripheral, peripheral vision doesn't work as well. So sometimes, you know, I do take a break and take my mask off because it does get pretty warm, you know, especially in the environment where there's a lot of people walking around. It does generate heat. But that's one thing I do want to mention when it comes to if you are going to dress in costume, make sure your mask has really good vision or have somebody with you as your guide. Especially when you're walking upstairs or escalators to do, you know, accidentally trip or fall. So I think it happened to me this year. I accidentally bumped into something or almost tripped, but... Luckily, I was able to retain my balance. So that's one thing I wanted to bring up when it comes to, like, if you're going to dress in costume. Um, oh, yeah. Um, just treat it like trick-or-treating, but you're one big space as opposed to outside your neighborhood. Um, I want to say, hold on. I, another one would be uh, respect everyone's space, which I guess we were kind of pertaining to that. You know, everyone's sharing this space and that's one of my big gripes is that there's a lot of people who are not as considering as you may have be. Um, don't take it personally. It happens. Some people just don't have 
the social cues down in the sense to where you're walking around and there's a lot of people there's there's a lot of a lot of vendors and their stands are kind of bunched up because they ha- the the company who puts this together has to do the best they can with such as the, the space provided and that means you know putting in different installations putting in different booths that each each vendor rents out like they have to pay to rent out the space to, to for, for them to sell their products and so they're bumped up together so there's not there's plenty of walkways but they get filled up fast because this convention's open for several hours throughout the day including panels so there's constant people walking around I'm, i'd be very shocked if you found a space that you can actually like take a second relax take a breather check your phone whatever you want to do grab something to eat because you need to fuel up because there's plenty of that stuff but lucky for us it's always like yeah one thing too if you're gonna dress in costume um, definitely make sure locate the nearest snack bar, and because that way they can sell drinks and stuff. They'll have snacks, but something to keep you like you know hydrated and stuff. Because it does pretty get pretty warm in there, so make sure you're hydrated. Make sure you know where the restrooms are if you need to use the restroom. Um, what's cool about C two E two? I did like for the fact they had an area dedicated to cosplay central. They call it where you know they actually set up little places where you can actually have people take pictures for photo opportunities. So you can have somebody, hey, can you stand in front of this background? Can I, can I take a picture? You know, ask permission. But they have, like, spots where, you know, also, too, well, kind of like a two, it has people that, you know, have it in the cosplay industry, how to get started. They'll have, like, different interviews and stuff. Um, especially going back to the vendor booths. Yeah, I mean, it's cool checking out the different vendor booths. Just watch out where you're looking and, you know, make sure you don't bump into anything. But sometimes they don't have, like, statues set up and stuff like those anime statues. Uh, but it's kind of hard when you're trying to look at something and you know somebody's walking behind you, bumping yeah, you into you. Yeah, it's just like you can't, you don't take your, you can't take your sweet time, guys. Like, That's a problem. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who do, and it fills up the space. And like, what, what, what I would suggest is just making the rounds first when you go in because there's so much to see. You're there for several hours if you can, or if you, if time allows it, and if you are, have the ability to do so. It's not going anywhere else. Uh, that's that. Hence, why like what I like about these conventions more or less the the flea market part's okay. Not my favorite part of it. Like if, especially if you're not trying to spend a bunch of money. But like my favorite part is the panels because you honestly can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, I think one time one panel we went to that was Wizard World like 2015. We ended up going to the pilot screening of Gotham. Yeah, that was, was kind of cool. cool with the, we were like the one of the first ones to go see it. Yeah, they had Catwoman, the Riddler, trying to give up. The, you know, like the actors who were going to be, it. yeah. They watched it with us, and it was pretty cool. It was like a first ever look at it before it aired on Fox, so it was really nice. Um, a couple of retrospectives. Uh, I think we what, we saw one on costume making for like medieval stuff. Yeah, um, it was in 2015. That was like geez. our second Wizard World, yeah. Uh, There's different, like, another thing too when it comes to panels, make sure time manage it time and manage. find out what room they're in so you can get a spot in line for it. Uh, it depends. Look at the, your wall clock. You'll plan ahead and see which panel you want to see. Sometimes we'll have signs posted for each room. Uh, and determine which one you want to go see. I think we attended, like, the Civil War Two review. Uh, I think, like, the first C2E2. Oh, shit, yeah. We saw the Civil War Two discussion. War. Yeah. The Secret War One Two. The, the Civil War Two discussion. No, but we saw the... Remember when, they, when the writer uh, was making... Secret Empire was Secret the Empire, one. Yeah. No, 2017... C2 E2 went to see the Secret Empire reveal, like cool the whole too. plan moving forward. Yeah. That we got to see that. Um we got to see about, you know, Chicago based authors. Oh yeah. We saw that, that one was really as well. Fun. About the ghost stories and stuff like the paranormal one was kinda cool. I think that was like twenty seventeen. We saw that one with the Chicago based authors about the ghost stories and legends of the Chicago area. Um that was kinda cool. Um 
And one thing that we did, and then this year, um, this C2E2, last Saturday, we saw the, G- G- I'm going to fudge his name. Gendi Tarkovsky, who's the creator of Dexter's Laboratory, Samurai Jack, um, Hotel Transylvania. Um, also, Too was, Stupid Dogs. Too Stupid He was one of the agonists, Stupid Dogs. He's done stuff for more, um, Clone Wars. Um, and, of course, his new show, Primal. That was kind of cool because they showed, like, he decided to do a retrospective of his career. He pretty much did a slideshow himself. He created a slideshow. It was kind of cool. At first, you know, there were some technical difficulties, but that room packed up like crazy. I, I wish he got two hours. I don't he know why he gave him an hour. He should have got like more. Yeah. He, I think he kind of got annoyed for the fact that he only gave him an hour. Yeah, I would have been annoyed too. He had so much to share and he, he just seemed generally passionate to be there. And like, it was cool because like, he grew up in Chicago and stuff. So. so like, it's hard to not like, it's hard not to applaud. And he's an immigrant. So like, it's just, it's hard not to applaud a, a person who's come so far in his career. And he gave everyone tips on like how to get into the game, obviously. And he wasn't, he was so humble about it. He wasn't in denial of how he got his success. He he laid it out there, you know, luck, hard work, and and getting to know people and never and never turning down something, you know. Like he he admitted it in the beginning too. Like God, I sucked. Like that's awesome. But we all know everyone's gonna suck at something at first. But then you get better. That's called practice. So uh, it was very. I think we only caught one panel, but. Considering the time, by the time we got into the place because of the parking situation, um, other than that, we caught one panel. But honestly, I wasn't mad. I thought I thought that was awesome. Uh, it was a great panel. Just wish it was two hours as instead of one. Um, but uh, I wanted to, because I think it it brought up something, which this article commented on everyone's face. We kind of said that um, be considerate of other people's time. Uh, I, which I'm assuming this might pertain to, like, when you meet, if you pay to go other the celebrity, I want, they say, there's Artist Alley, then there's... The oh, the autograph? And then okay, so I, I, can't, so I have a story on that, too. Yeah, but, like, it, I want to say, it just says, be con- number four, it says, be concerned about other people's time, three parts dead, and two serpents rise, novelist Max Gladstone says, as someone who grew up not knowing many nerds, which, okay... I have a perpetual sense of aston- a sense of astonishment whenever I run into women who have opinions about Rogers or Lanzi or the end of Evangeline. But he points out that when you're talking to someone who shares your interests or an artist you admire, an easy way to come across poorly is to monopolize their time, especially if they seem like they are interested in the convers they aren't interested in the conversation. As much as it's exciting to meet your fellow geeks and your nerd idols, remember that you don't have a right to anyone else's time and attention, mm-hmm. much less a set amount of it. Knowing when your moment is up and ex- exiting gracefully won't just make you come across better to people around you. It'll help you preserve good memories unattainted by awkward endings. So I'm guessing this pertains to Artist Alley meetups as well as autograph meet and greets. Um, they Remember, you're not the only person in the line. You're not the only person who's there. Uh, which I'll let you share your story because I think that was an excellent... We had an excellent experience, experience. With that. But like... Especially when it pertains to Artist Alley, because they are just sitting there for several and hours. Drawing and, and I think, like, Artist Alley is probably one of the hardest things to navigate through because so many fucking people, and they never has enough space in their walkways. They always sent them, they always set it up, like, horizontal, or horizontal lines parallel to each other, and all the artists are lined up. They're all, it's like, it looks like they're sharing Okay, one so right team. now, we're gonna cut the, we're gonna do it, we're gonna take a break right now, and then when we come back, we'll go Talk back to the, the story, the so. meet and greet story, yeah.
Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise of Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. All right, guys, and we're back. Um, when we left off, pretty much um, Biko was talking about, you know, the autographs and artist alleys. Go back when we left off. Um, just how... So... When it comes to, because over there, obviously, you get a chance. They, the conventions do a good job of gathering a good, so, uh, well, not good, because that's just subjective, but a, a varied selection of people that work in the industry who you may be fans of uh, that have acted, produced, or written for certain titles and intellectual properties. They're at this convention. You have a chance to go for autographs. And so they have a specific section in the, bu- in the, in the building for the convention area. They like to call it the, what do they call it, the show floor room area? Yeah, they call it like the show so floor. So they always have that blocked off, and it's called the autograph zone. And uh, this could hold several, several uh, public figures there. And people pay a good chunk of change, depending on who they're seeing, to line up and get an autograph. Maybe share a good two-minute, quick-minute spiel with them. You know, a little bit, a little small talk with them. Get to know them. Hopefully, you're, if you're lucky, you can, but... Please remember, like I read in that last part of the article, that you should be respectful of their time and try not, like, if you want a good memory, don't taint it by making, you know, not recognizing certain things about certain certain situations. And so when it comes to uh, a meet and greet, I want my brother to kind of share his experience uh, with his meet and greet. I would say um for this one it was like uh, like I said it was C two two twenty I mean we could talk about the photo op like I did mention earlier yeah um because they give you an option where you don't have to get autograph you can actually get a photo op but sometimes I think you could do a combo of both um they got different packages with C two offer offers like if you want to see that particular celebrity you can actually get a photo op and they actually use the time where you have to line up for that photo op and you're guaranteed your spot in line so the one we did like our first C two two twenty sixteen that was with CM Punk and of course CM Punk at that time. He left WWE. Um, he walked out of the world wrestling and was doing other ventures, such as like writing for collaboration works for Drax. He wrote the uh, he collaborated on the Drax um, comic series. Um, he collaborated on DC as well. He was into the world MMA, so it was kind of cool because I get to you know, finally meet him in person. You know, I was a big fan of him. You know, wrestling because he was the one of the reasons I got back into professional wrestling was CM Punk. Because you know, me being growing up a wrestling fan, I fell out of it when all you know Steve Austin was hiring and Rock was doing his thing in Hollywood. I never gravitated to John Cena, so I never paid attention to him too too much. Um, so he was one of the main things I was able to go back into wrestling because he was not when CM Punk first came to the scene. He wasn't seen as the big guy because when it comes to wrestling, you know they see big, bulky guys, not something that that's somebody that was lean, gross, steroid white tattoos, big, pretty much spoke his mind. Muscles. Pretty much spoke his mind. Like his promos were great. You know CM Punk's promos. If you watch his stuff. On the WWE Network or on YouTube, his promos were great, you know, because he pretty much said it from from the heart, you know. He pretty much said it from the heart. So, so this one, I bought a photo op with CM Punk, so it gave us like a few minutes with him. So we got to do like a little five minute chat with him, and he was cool. 
he was collect he was calling his mellow and what Koga was he's like kind of hold your sword <laughs> I'm like yeah that's funny yeah he's like and like I said Biko was about the same height as him almost um it was kind of cool he held the sword and we actually had the picture it was kind of cool we talked to him for a few minutes I told him you know I appreciate his work and everything you know he was cool we shook hands and everything went our way and we waited for our pictures so that was kind of cool live in my neighborhood yeah because he's from Chicago so he was mm-hmm. a Chicago guy so he knew his things and stuff and I think he was recovering from an injury that time so. You know, he probably, his limited mobility wasn't as big as much because I think he had like a hernia or something he was recovering from during his training MMA. So that was kind of cool. So now this pertains to like the year afterwards. I decided, you know what? I'm going to do an autograph one. It's been a while. I think my first autograph was with Lou Ferrigno, um, was the first one. That was good meeting him as well. But I could tell he was pressed for time as well. But he's a, he's a big guy, I was going to say. Um, for this one, you know, there was a bunch of celebrities out there. And the one thing that the one celebrity I kind of wanted to meet. You know, for for a while was Will Wheaton. Um, I do remember growing up watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, saw Wesley Crusher. Um, remember him on the show, and then you know he's done other stuff like he's done. He was on um, Aqualad and T Titans. Mm-hmm. He was also Aqualad. Uh, he's done. He has his own tabletop gaming show. I think he's doing like some game show for sci-fi right now. Um, he's done. He does. He does a lot of collaborative work and stuff. He was in Stand by Me, of course. Um, but I wanted to meet him. He was on the Big Bang Theory, and it was kind of cool. Was I got to see him? You know, he played like pretty much of a embellished version of himself. He played as himself, but more of like an embellished character of himself. And of course, he always got into it with Sheldon. <laughs> it was kind of fun that banter and stuff. So it was cool. I told Biko like, "Hey, let's go meet Will Wheaton." And it was kind of cool because um, autograph didn't cost that much. I think it was about like twenty bucks or something. Not bad. No, it was, it was good. Well, the autograph was like 25 bucks. I don't remember what the price was. But let's say, you know, at least that gives them, you know, food, you know? Which was awesome because he was ordering lunch right when it was about to be our turn. And but he was cool. He stopped. He's like, we mind. He's like, nah, fuck, man. He's like, dude, take your time. And that was kind of cool. He's like, hey, I'm going to get. But what I like about him was. He got more time that way, though. He gave us more time. <laughs> like, he was like, what, 10 minutes? We talked for like 10 <laughs> minutes. That was like crazy. Yeah. He was talking to us, you know, and he asked about Chicago a little bit. And, you know,. He saw he loved my costume. Was dressed as Finpool. He's like, "Hey, Finpool!" I'm like, he caught on right away. And You're a nice guy. Um, he talked about you know all the, the conventions he went to, like all the years, and you know all the different Deadpool's he's seen. He chose like this one. He was saying that he remember seeing somebody dressed as Deadpool riding on an inflatable unicorn or something. Mm, so, and you know he gave us his time. We chatted for a little bit. You know he was a really nice guy, and you know. And he asked us like about what what's good with food in Chicago. Like what's yeah, the what's thing? what's some good food? Because I think he ordered Thai food, but we told him to get deep dish pizza. Like he ate that stuff. But yeah, he was a big fan of pizza. We told him like, like we recommend like deep my dish. Stomach, but I really want some Thai food right now. Like, fuck. When you're like you're in the best city to eat food. Yeah, we told him in the best city. So yeah, like they have, like I said, um, we didn't do anything this year where it comes out. We didn't. I don't think we got a chance to go to all, um, our um, autograph area because it was like so much time was like limited because we wanted to catch as much vendors that we can. Um, one thing that's kind of cool in conventions, um, one thing we do recommend when you get there, look for an information booth. Because mm, yeah. sometimes Very they important. do give, like, swag, but they usually give, like, a program. Um, uh, for CCU2, they have badges. So if you don't have a lanyard, they do have lanyards, which is kind of cool. And they do give you a bag. I think they gave us, like, an AEW bag. Yeah, check-in was very lax this year. That was weird. Oh, yeah, definitely, um, if you're gonna carry a bag, make sure you have everything ready, because you do go do security check-in. Um, and make sure if you are going to have, like, weapons as props, make sure they're plastic or foam. 
And I think this was something like a yellow, like a yellow tag or something. Yeah, you gotta, you got, you gotta check that in with security right when you walk in, because obviously that's their job. Um, especially with these these conventions, cosplay is a big thing, and a lot of people really go into depth with their costumes. So yeah, just check your weapons at the door. <laughs> just like make sure it. they're full, made of wood or plastic yeah, or something, yeah. not. Because there are kids around. There's too. kids, yeah. This it's, is a family event, guys. Yeah, it's not. It's not for adults only. Like everyone comes out and does their thing. So it's just like you gotta. Hence, why we come back to be considerate of the environment around you. Be aware. Remember, these things could be a positive environment if we keep it a positive environment. Um, but on that, yeah, what Wheaton was really cool to me. Uh, I think that's probably one of the best uh, interactions I've had with people in notoriety for a while now. Uh, I've had several, but I think this one was. It's on my list. It's on my list of like top. Like, oh, this guy. Because there's not a lot of celebrities, um, even the ones that I've met or worked around, uh, that I would want to actually go and hang out with. And Will Wheaton would be somebody that would be like, hey, you, I don't know if you drink or not, or if you smoke weed or something, but like, I would definitely like hang out with you for a bit, pick your brain, or just hang out. Uh, he seemed like a cool guy. Um, but I wanted to, I think I found another list that might be better, because it's the... There was only two parts left in the San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, did you seemed, find like something else, dude? Because we can keep like, going with this. Uh, yeah, no, it seemed like she just inflated the article a bit right. more because she kind of said the same thing. Mm. But I found one that's on nerdsonearth.com. Uh, it's a, it's under the general written by Morgan Mendez, and this is back from on uh, July thirty first, two thousand sixteen. Con etiquette: the do's and don'ts for a nerd at a convention. And then I'm guessing it's saying like with San Diego Comic Con gone, come and gone. There's other Dragon Con ahead, so this is 2016, guys. So, but like, this should go on for everything. Uh, it's saying host hotels and hostels are paid privilege and a luxury as conventions go. I mean, there's plenty of obviously if you're if you're coming from a different area or a different state or country, you need a yeah arrange, transportation. You need a place to sleep at night, and so hotels. Please yeah. be aware that when you're going to these conventions and hotels, they have a strict guideline and policies on what they allow and other things. So. And sometimes, um, based on the venue, sometimes they'll have hotels in your area. I think with Corn Place has a hotel Yeah, that's attached to it. Really so nice. definitely find out what their price is because it makes walking more convenient. Definitely book ahead of time. Definitely find out if they have travel packages and hotel packages yeah, for the event. Yeah, you're not far from anything. Yeah, far from anything. Or like in the city, anything. like Chicago has a lot of hotels right, in the area. Yeah. You can always get like a shuttle or transportation to McCormick Place. But I've seen like places like Dragon Con where they wish you have a hotel set up near the convention center, usually attached to the convention center. Uh, I think San Diego Comic Con is the same thing as well. They do have hotels in the area. So definitely, if you're traveling from out of town, definitely book a hotel like, ahead of time. Uh, for us, it was more convenient for us to travel because, you know, as long as we got a few fishing car, you know, we were going to get there. But I think, I think for our, we're going to take a tip from them saying, you know, chances are next year when we go to CTV2 next year, we'll probably get a hotel to make it easier. Or yeah. if we know somebody that's going to, hang out at their place, you know. Yeah, that you're going to have been... the two days or something. Yeah, that'd be nice. If you know somebody that lives in that area that, that is going, then, hey, you know, check a lot with them. You know, you can crash at their place, you know. Yeah. And that way, all you guys can go together and come back. You know, at least you got a place to sleep. Definitely, and... definitely plan and arrange how you how you kind of go about attending this convention. Even if it's for one day, you still have to set aside time. Um, but I guess we kind of touched upon it. Where I think it, the first other thing that she goes into is that celebrity guests are human beings. That should just go all all around the base. Like a general consensus is just don't be an asshole. Yeah. Uh, they're humans, just like you 
they they get tired, they get irritated, um, they get hungry. You know, they have to shake hands or talk to several individuals at a given hour based on however long they're there. And they just, they're doing it for the fans to just remember that. Don't throw that in their faces. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes sometimes some people like, and sometimes they're on schedules as well because sometimes they got to go away for a film shoot. I think, um, they got families. They got shit to do too. I think, was it Matt Smith from Doctor Who was supposed to be here this year, but apparently due to scheduling conflicts, he couldn't go. Sometimes they'll film message saying, I'm sorry, I can't be there, you know. It happens, you know, production schedules. That's why if you look on the websites, they tell you it could change because due to their schedule. Because sometimes they love to go to these conventions, but sometimes they get pulled. Yeah. When, like, last minute reshoots, like, I'm sorry, we have to get this done. You're, you know, you're part. And they, under, they they feel like, you know, they feel bad, you know. Don't, like, to me, for people that, you know, when you go meet your heroes, like, don't be an entitled prick. Yeah. There are people just like you and me. Just because you paid a couple bucks. It's like some shit, shit happens. Like, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to let that ruin. Don't be like an entitled person saying, "Oh, I'm special." You know, he has to dedicate his time to me. They see so many people day in and day out. You know, I know it's by not easy being you know a celebrity. You know, no. because you're always have to be constantly monitored. You're constantly watched. It's like the same thing when you you know. At a job too, you're constantly watched. Yeah. Or you're working read too, you're constantly watched. You had to compose yourself. Sometimes you gotta keep your emotions checked in at the door. You can't bring that kind of like negativity or personal conflict because you gotta make sure you're helping people with their experience. And the same thing to do with these meeting greets, same thing. They're they're, they're taking time in their lives and you know the you know whatever schedule they got to come meet with you guys because they want to get to know you guys. But, you know, due to time limitations, you know, they, they don't have enough time to get to know you. That's why they try to dedicate at least five minutes or even ten minutes. Luckily, we got ten minutes. We were waiting. But at least five minutes, you know, to interact and get to know you for a little bit. And, you know, get the appreciation, the admiration that you admire their work. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I don't like assuming, but I would hope that a lot of these celebrities do enjoy connecting with fans and seeing how it's impact, how their work or or what they've participated in has impacted a lot of people who have shown a general interest and a love for these properties. Um, I can't help but not think there are some of them in there that are just cash grabbing because it probably is. Uh, not looking at you, Ferrigno, but I felt like that, considering your experience, I felt like it was a big just like, God, get the fuck away. Like, But that guy's been doing this shit for years, so I, gotta under- I also understand that can get annoying and that he hasn't really been doing anything that's remotely relevant in years since like what king queen but like even then that wasn't really that it was like a side character it wasn't like he was incredible hulk he still goes to conventions doing incredible hulk i'm not trying to shit on him just stating facts he did the way his body language was showing because i didn't take the picture with him my brother did i was holding his stuff and watching and it just seemed like his body language was not there he was just like yeah i take the picture come out off hand sanitizer on deck out and it's just like, oh, this is just fucking, this is just clocking in, clocking out for him. He's not here, He he's not interested in even talking about it. He's not interested in even talking about, like, how his experience was in the Hulk, even for the two seconds. He doesn't even, did he even say thank you? Was it, the, it was his handler who said all that shit, right? It wasn't even him. So I'm not trying to downplay it. It's just kind of like, they are people too. I get it. We shouldn't feel entitled to having them react. They are humans, but, like. You also have to, like, you know, show some integrity here. Like, these people, we're all going to the convention. We all work hard, some more than others. We all work hard, and we spend our time 
to take a, a, a day to not be in this chaotic life and just to really enjoy it and being around people who share the same you know, interests, same common interests and who are just there to keep the vibes good, which segues into the next thing, which states, um, friendly talks, not screaming arguments. <laughs> it says a healthy debate on a topic in your favorite fandom is perfectly fine. A heated argument that results in yelling and threats is a ticket out of the con. People come to cons to have a great time, trying to take in all that's around them. Do not push people's buttons. For example, if you see someone dressed as a character you hate, do not go up to them and tell them all the reasons that you hate that character and why they suck. Let people have fun. Have fun with yourself. Have fun yourself. Cons, con does not stand for conflict. The favorite part of cons is the positive and fun interactions amongst people. Do live in those moments and ignore the negative interaction. I promise you, for every few negative interactions, there are going to be thousands of more positive interactions. Which... I agree. That tends to be what goes around at these conventions. We we bump, we see plenty of people taking photo ops, um, getting to know others, sharing and uh, sharing in uh in common interests. I mean, they they got gaming areas. They have uh, tabletop gaming areas, and I'm I'm sure there's not a lot of people that know each other. But it's 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 a beautiful thing to see as somebody who likes to observe the human experience from a sociological perspective. It's nice to see that we still get in tribes. Even if it's as minuscule as liking Deadpool. Like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's interesting that we build tribes around it. But, like I said, keep it cool, and it'll be cool. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Um, Like I said, there's a lot, you know, things, you know, I wish I could see more of the anime stores. I was like the big thing, but it's kind of hard to walk around, especially those places like that. But it's kind of cool, like I said, to me, it's like seeing people that come together in costumes and... Walking around and enjoying the same fandoms as I do. It's like, you know, it's just having the same common interests. But it's like I said, dressing, like, yeah, if you see somebody dressed as a villain, you don't hate on them. I'm like, I saw this, I saw this one dude, like, it was so cool. We were like by this one booth. I think you were looking at stickers, Biko, and pretty much, um, guy was dressed like Mysterio, but it was like Mysterio yeah, from, like, cool. from the movie. I'm like, from the Spider Man, um, Far From Home. It was so cool. I didn't say anything. I thought it was like a cool costume. Nice costume. I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's Mr. Boo. You know, boo him. But think about it. That guy took a lot of work and effort to create that thing. And he wanted to portray. Hey, that's why he wanted to portray. That's who he likes. People can't be a fan of the heroes. Sometimes people are a fan of villains. I mean, even villains have fans. Yeah, that's me. Look at Loki. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston became like an icon as Loki. I can't mention any other actor portraying that character. Now he's getting his own series. Remember one convention? Was it one Comic Con? He came out. Dressed as the character. He dressed as Loki. Yeah. He interacted as Loki. He interacted with the fans. And people cheered for him. It's like... He's in it. You always don't have to be a fan of the bad guys. That's why I tell people... Like, like talk to like people like at work and stuff. Like, you don't have to be a fan of a good guy. You can always be a fan of a bad guy. You know? It's like... There's different fandoms from different things. It's like... If you're going to dress like a villain, dress like a villain. Embrace your, your fandom. You know? People, like, will respect you for it, you know? Keep your, like, like Pico was saying that reading from that article is, like, sometimes keep your opinions to yourselves, you know? Yeah, like, if you got, especially, um, because I saw that uh, get kind of talked about in the other article when it came to cosplay players, like, someone ragging on some that aren't attractive, dressing like cosplay, and it's like, who the fuck are you? You don't have to be the same built. Like, who the, no, first of all, it's like, keep that shit to yourself. You think they care? And you think they care what you think if you don't find them attractive? Great, because somebody else will. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, they're doing their thing. Leave them alone. Keep that shit to yourself. Um, but the next part I want to go to is this is patience is a virtue, which I'm talking about in a sense of how crowded these things can get. So it says, 
in crowded cons with long lines and trying to cross the sea of people to get to another side of the building. <laughs> it takes a lot of patience. As someone who deals with claustrophobia, I'm referring to the person who wrote this article, I can't be in cl- cro- clo- crowded, closed areas for too long. It would be very easy for me to want to flip out and push people out of the way, which maybe I do have another thing of fucking claustrophobia. Who knows? I just get annoyed with that shit, too. But I refrain... I refer to the patience as a skill and that is mandatory at cons, for sure. Do not push people out of the way and get snappy with people in the process. Just kind of move slowly within the crowd. You will get to your destination eventually. Mm-hmm. Lines for panels, vendors, or even for food can be long and consuming. I know for a fact, because every time we go to the one the C2E2 at McCormick, they have a Starbucks. And the one year we went, I st- since we got there when it opened, we stopped at Starbucks because it was early. I needed coffee, so I wouldn't feel like I'm dead. And... That shit took for a while, but that's just what you're going to do. You don't have to drink coffee. I understood what I signed up for, but nonetheless, staff will work hard to make sure you get through the lines and to your objectively, to your objective in a timely manner. Do comply with rules. Be respectful to those around you and your patience will feel less like a skill and more like a natural action, which I would hope that if you are patient by nature, that's great. That means you're already ahead of the game. If not, God, build up that damn skill because if you don't have patience, to essentially pay for a ticket to a place that you know others are going to be there, then don't go. Like, have you never been to a place that's crowded? I fucking... Then you must live in a rural town. Because there's, <laughs> I don't think you can go... Fucking Walmart can get full on Sundays. Like, you're most... Hey, I worked in place. retail for like 12, yeah. 13 years. Holiday shopping sucked. Especially yes. from a retail standpoint, it does get crowded. But it's like... I see people lose their expectation. I mean, here... I think the one thing that annoyed me was just the traffic. But other than that, in the convention, like C2G, I was fine. I was patient. I wasn't in, you know, in a rush or anything. And some people aren't. You know, sometimes yeah, you'll run to a jerk who can't to... wait. Yeah, and like... And I think vendors, like, if you're... Res- like, that's why I always think my role is always be respectful for the people that help you. For real, yeah. Cause Never job, treat man. them wrong. Never treat them, you know, how you want to be treated. Like, if you're going to treat like an asshole, they're going to treat like an asshole. Because you're you're the one who started it, but it's like at the same time they have to deal with a bunch of people. Uh, like they, they don't have to deal with the, stuff, a lot of gotta... stuff. Conventions they gotta explain everything. It's like wait your turn, you know. Yeah. And sometimes it's only one person watching yeah. the booth. Some other people don't have yeah. that that yeah. help. Um, because you got because the way the booths are set up, like you got one person in one corner, one person in the other corner. Yeah. But the problem is you got traffic coming in from both ends, so they got they tried their best, you know. To help out, you know, to help you, you know, it's like you're not the only person, you're not the only entitled person, like the same thing. It's like you can't, don't be an entitled prick. Pretty much, you know, be, take your time. Like, like you still have time to look at something. Sometimes you can change your mind before they help you. Yeah, you know? yeah, you have several hours. Like, come to make the rounds back. Like, that's what, like the flea market isn't going anywhere. <laughs> like, you're there. That's why we always. That's why I always like make an admission. Let's like let's check some panels. Like, we have time if it allows. I wish they would extend the sh- the show floor time. Nonetheless, um, which I guess actually does have some relevancy to what the next one is saying. And as it says, you're responsible as much as everyone else. I know that sounds really intense and you might feel a sudden amount of pressure put on you now. But at cons, safety is a big deal. Yeah. There are always staff and security around making sure everything's going smoothly. Of course, at huge cons of sixty grand or 60,000 plus people, not everyone can be looked after. If you're being harassed, threatened, assaulted, or seen someone else deal with the same things, you have to bring it up to a staff member or security's attention. Do not compromise your safety or anyone else's because you think it will resolve itself. 
or it's a big enough con to escape it. No way. Cons are fun and safe. We should have, as, as a whole, want to keep it that way. Do have a buddy system. Always offer help when you see it needed. Always seek one help when needed. And always report activity you think can infringe on anyone's safety or the experience of the con. It's better to be safe than sorry. And that's just... <laughs> that's just general common sense. Like, it's just like, she's not saying anything crazy new. It's just like, I, I wish that some people would do that. But, um, I mean, yeah, just look out for others. We're all there just to have a good time. And I'd hate to see somebody get hurt or somebody harassed in different forms and, and just getting ugly. Because it's like, that's not the point of this thing, man. Because if that happens, they might not even bring it again. Do you not want to? And like, some people live for these things. They, they build their costumes every day and do all their, their stuff to go to these conventions that are once or twice a year or however they attend and what's, and can be ruined by one little fight. Yeah, and I think this year wasn't that bad, actually. It was oh, actually really well organized. Great. I just wish, like, the walk... Um, the one thing I do want to mention is, like, I understand they moved the security around and stuff. It's like, I wish... That's kind of weird, but it's like you made. I understand why to divert the traffic and stuff. So that kudos to them for organizing that part, especially people waiting in line to get checked into the convention. That was kind of cool. What I like too about CC two is they have certain areas designated for like families and stuff. You know, mm -hmm. the kids and stuff. Like it, they don't want to get caught in the middle of walking around and stuff. Gary has set aside, which I do applaud them for that for family zones, so their kids can like wander around or just sit down, and rack, take a break, and everything. Um... Like I said, there's, like, the gaming zones. Like, there's different zones dedicated to certain activities and stuff. And, like I said, um, if you... There's always there's always spaces around where you can wait and sit down and take a breather, you know. That's what I like when it comes to the convention and stuff. And one thing, too, um, like I said, when I said about coming in to a convention, pick up a program because they'll have a map and a layout of the whole place. Mm -hmm. Everything. Uh, scheduled times for panels, uh, vendors vendor grids to see which where uh your particular interests are going to be selling stuff on um, Mar marvel and fun funimation had their uh little spots with scenery it wasn't necessarily like they weren't pitching anything which unfortunately was kind of weird to see but it was nice it was mainly just a little environment to take photos but uh yeah be be mindful of the area you're in i uh, we could do a pros and cons list if you want, but all right, I have a cons more or less than pros. <laughs> okay, if you want to do the pros, um, pros, uh, like always, they always have a bunch of cool shit. They always have a bunch of cool shit. Vendors showing off their chops, um, excellent costumes. I've always loved seeing that. Like some of the creativity these people put through. Uh, it's nice to see families engage and all this stuff. It's really nice to see that. Um, they had a lot more different i mean i didn't i couldn't drink guys but like they had a lot of the, the beer garden this year had a lot more vendors it wasn't just revolution um so it was kind of nice to see that they brought a lot more local uh breweries because chicago has a good brewery scene uh and so it was nice to see them set up a space for people to kind of like relax have some food um partake in some in some beverages if they want and uh, keep it cool because i did see in one of the lists that like yeah, alcohol become, can become a problem, people. So just like pace drink yourself. responsibly. Yeah, drink responsibly, just like anywhere else you go. Um, but yeah, I I think that was a pro, uh, considering that there was a lot of space, uh, at least for them to kind of let everybody go in and walk the floor. Um, but yeah, the general basis it was okay. Like I don't, I mean, I have cons for sure. So. Mm -hmm. uh, one pro too was like panels. The panels were good. Yeah. Panel listing was great. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, we had time for one, but definitely, 
if like any particular interest that they have like different panels for different type of uh, interests you know yeah. definitely take advantage of that one that they enjoy because that's like another aspect of the, the convention is not just the vendors and the costumes there's also panels because you get to it's like people from the industry have their time and uh, you want to learn it's, yeah. another, it's like a learning experience so that's something to get your education on so educational purposes will be a pro right there yeah, because I wish we had more time, because they had one, I think that was, like, I think it was behind the pay barrier, but there was one that we're going to do, like, women in comics, and they were going to just, like, talk about, uh, I think they had contemporaries that are working in the scene, mm-hmm. and and then some artists that were working uh, during, like, Wonder Woman and stuff oh, like that, cool. so that was kind of, it was, it would have been cool to check that out, uh, the, they always, I think they always do a good job with I'll say Pro 2 was pricing for tickets. I mean, tickets weren't that, you know, the badge wasn't that bad. I think it would pay about 45 bucks. If you buy it from a local store, it's usually cheaper. It's a lot cheaper yeah. Don't wait to buy at the door because then you're going to pay a higher price. Yeah. Usually, you look for a local vendor that sells them. I think for us, we got to do Grand Cracker Comics because they're in a local comic It's always chain. a good price. And they always give you a price. And we got a one-day pass, but they, sometimes they do sell three-day passes. But like I said, that's the one thing I do want to say off of Pro is make sure to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. If you're that's doing a pro tip right there. Event. Plan ahead. If you're gonna go for three days, plan ahead. Kudos to you, but that's a lot. I feel I personally feel that's a lot. But yeah, if you do, if you want to go trek for three days, go ahead and, and get used. But plan accordingly. Yeah, plan accordingly. Um, Out of pro, I would say merchandise will be a pro because there's a different like different vendors show. Yeah, merchandise they're bringing, especially with the anime merchandise, was a lot of like anime products from Japan. They were able to bring over. Check it out. I wish I had time to go see them all. Funko was a big thing, but I noticed now with like a lot of the creators like Bandai and stuff, it's like Funko. Don't get me wrong, Funko is still relevant, but it wasn't that much many Funko. Boosts. Not this time. No, no, Funko was like so far. I think the only thing we got was like decals, was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. They had they had a lot more figure stands and a lot more different um, pieces. There was a tattoo corner which I liked a lot. <laughs> no, that's another thing too. Merchandise, uh, oh, another pro right there. Different so like different there. like items awesome. to cater people's tastes. Yeah, so like, but yeah, the Funko Pop situation was different. There wasn't as many vendors as there was last time. Definitely plenty of comics uh, and a lot of interesting merchandise pins, uh, old woodwork stuff. It just there's like such a variety that like it's it's. I find it, it's going to be very difficult for you to walk out of there without having something, at least. I end up getting one of those, like, loot boxes. Yeah. Like, My Hero Academia loot box. It was kind of cool. I end up getting, like, a blanket, like, a, like a throat blanket, um, a patch with the, with the high school logo, a coaster, a coffee mug, the old pen and a lanyard. That was kind of cool. So, yeah. 50 bucks, that was not bad. It's kind of worth it to get, like, a blind box, I call it. Um, our pro was costumes, you know? Costumes. Just to see the effort that people put in. Um, to portray the characters they want to portray, you know, the effort and time they took to make these costumes and just put on display. That's not a pro right there. Um, like I said, I was in costume because I felt for me, it's like, you can't go to a convention without you're dressing up. Just to me, then you're not getting the whole experience. Mm-hmm. But like I said, every person is different. But like I said, I saw more people dress up this year than, you know, years past. Mm-hmm. Like, like, the number increases every year. So that will be a pro for me. Um, Trying to get any other pros. Other than that, I mean... It was pretty much rinse and repeat, I guess I could say, when it came to the pros. Because it's just like... Because honestly, this was like our fifth convention, so yeah, it's like, you know... It's, so it's like what we see in general. Um, man, we could do If you want to do the con list, go ahead, All dude. Right. Where should we start? Traffic! Traffic sucked. Yeah. If you're going to... Okay, so the con is traffic, the way it's set up. Um, some days with these conventions, usually they'll have co- these conventioners usually by a highway or the way they're situated. Um, 
But especially with these convention centers, usually they are built by big streets. Like Lakeshore Drive is a big street. Um, one thing, too, that's the biggest con is traffic control. I just wish the traffic control was much better. It wasn't coordinated. It wasn't coordinated. That was a big con right there. So definitely that's something. If you want to avoid that con, um, definitely go early. Definitely be there early. Go or early, take a train. train yeah. Use other form of transportation. Yeah. Like, because Chicago is not It is a busy city. Especially on a Saturday or a weekend like that. And it was really nice. It was decently nice outside. We take advantage of the fucking sun here, people. Like, when it's sunny outside and it's more than 40 degrees, you're going to find people walking fucking around. Like, they don't... We don't take, like, we don't take days like this for granted. Um, I don't know how it is in other places, but I know here, like, the winter sucks, and it really takes a lot of us, so sunny weekends are the best here, and you'll get everybody out and about, so, I, yeah, we hoped for the traffic situation to get better, but, um, obviously our timing wasn't the best either, however, for that time of the day, and for how, how it just, I mean, if you really look at it, the convention doors were open only for two hours at that point. Oh, maybe three hours from those. We got there like one, dude. We waited We waited in, in traffic longer than we did getting to there. So it was just like, what the hell? And so it takes a lot of time. And then just to get through security, you know, you're waiting in line. So um, the security part was actually okay. I think it was a little, a lot lax than I thought it would have been. Because considering that they just used the opposite end of what they were at last year to set that up and then make us walk. So we never really checked in like we did the last previous years. Last year, last time we did it, we checked in in a spot. And that's how we got all that cool shit. This year, it was just kind of like, where the fuck? Like, even when we went, like, where the hell are we going? So, we just went through. So, like, there, I wish they had more people as people were entering the McCormick place to guide you. They didn't, like, have anyone. We were just essentially following the pack. But, I mean, we all eventually got there. And then once we got their security, uh, a problem I always have with this is that everyone culminates in the middle. So once you try to get through there, I mean, it's, I get it because people are taking pictures with others and cosplay, meeting their friends, meeting their family. It's a good hub place to meet, but it's also a bad place to meet because it's right in the middle where after everyone gets out of the security check, you just like, it turns into one big traffic jam again, but of, of carcasses. So it's just like, it's very strange how they don't, they, they had security there. They had like, you know, those ropes, I don't the rope poles, the block yeah. things, but like that didn't seem like it did anything. Because uh, you could just walk under it. But, like, they have to control the situation a little better there. Um, Akan. I did not like the layout of how everything was. It made it seem more compressed than what their space they had, allowed. They had plenty of room. They had if they, if they had, Honestly, they had the autograph session downstairs. Yeah, that was so strange. Why would you? Why would they put Artist Alley so close to the vendor floor? They could have, yeah. they could have spread Like you said, they could I have spread so bad out. for them. They take advantage of the space you guys had. They had a lot. Like, oh. the corn place is a big place. Huge. You fit a bunch they of cars They had the auto show in there. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't take advantage of the space they had. Like, I don't know if you noticed, because, like, the stairs we took to get to the panel spot, um, there's a cosplay section. And then that spot for the gaming, and then they had the Jap- the Japan uh, the Japan area, and then the autographs way out there. But then like a fucking hexagon of, of an area was empty, nothing. So they didn't take advantage nothing. of the spacing. They it's had. like why didn't you just like formally? And then they obviously the way McCormick set up too, they have an area that you can walk up to that they have like a few food vendors, and they have them spread throughout, but they're always on the outskirts of it. But this time they like not bunched it up, 
necessarily, but they kind of just like, it, I felt like they just kind of slapped a bunch of shit somewhere, but they didn't coordinate it properly because mm-hmm. like it just areas are bleeding into others. Hence why you mentioned the artist alley, which they already get cramped as it is. And it felt like it was just even more cramped because there wasn't a clear distinction of what area you were actually in. Just looking at signs, it does justice. But then when you look at the sign and look down, you're like, what the fuck? That's mm-hmm. not even close to what it was. Because, for example, the gaming area was under the Japan thing. The Japan sign. Mm-hmm. And we're over here after we check the gaming area. We're like, oh, we got to look at Zone Japan. Check out the stuff because my brother's into anime. And I like their art styles. And you can find cool Japanese shit. But it wasn't even like clear because you were still walking as if you were still going through the under vendor zones. Yeah. And it's just like, wait, am I in the right spot? But there's still like a little uh, roped off place for games tabletop and stuff but then you're it's bleeding to japan the japan zone it's like there's so so much shit everywhere and then from the previous year they they had such a good job of spreading that shit out to where it's like they had i remember that year we went they had an inflatable like the marines were there recruiting people and they had an inflatable bounce shit that took up good space and that still didn't bleed into anything else there was still an area you could walk through i think that year was better because i could walk around this year was just so like why are we cramped up with sardines if you have a fucking at least an acre of area that you could have fucking just put um, an eating area that that which they had, but that was bleeding into the bathrooms where we came in. Like that eating area, you didn't notice that was like right to the right. Well, yeah, we, there was people chilling all the. It's like what in the hell? Like you guys couldn't even play. Like I don't know, and we had noticed this from the start, just with the date itself that they set the convention for, which. It's very unfortunate because the auto show is always in February. And it's always in the beginning of February. And this convention is at the end of February. Usually, usually like in March or April, like this yeah, shows like, were what weird. The fuck? Like what did they not like I'm obviously we don't work from a corner place, so we don't know what their scheduling conflictions are. But it's very strange for a convention that they always have every year, like the auto show and C two E two, for them to like yeah, they're changing. like next year it's gonna be in March again, like back to normal. I get it. But it's like, what? whoever dropped the ball in this one was very strange. I mean, this is our opinion, guys. Obviously, you can if you attended the con, the con or if you've attended other cons, that's, you've probably had experience with this. If so, if it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother you. But I think like with such limited walking space, this, should, this is an issue. Especially if something bad happens, like an emergency, yeah. we're fucked. There's so, many, there's so many places that you can get caught up. There's not a lot of uh, exits that are close enough to where you can get to. So you never know, man. Especially these polarized days. I mean, there's always po- it's always been polarized in the human experience. But, like, you got to be aware of your surroundings here. And I think it's very difficult when, you have, when you're packed in like sardines. Hence why it makes the experience difficult for people. Especially when they're shopping. You know? Um, I, I can't think of another con. Oh, I think um, that's pretty much we kind of said it all. So definitely, guys. Yeah. I mean... Definitely check out conventions. Make yeah. sure to like check out. There's so many coming up. Like Emerald City Comic Con is gonna go on regardless. Um, there's New York Comic Con. There's there's a lot of conventions for different things. There's like you know Wizard World. Um, there's like anime ones as well. There's different. There's a pretty much a convention for everybody. But like I said, the best thing to do is there's a lot of local conventions. Definitely check those out. So I heard people like go to these local conventions like in Rockford or something. Oh yeah, check out your local community ones. They have some decent, some decent ones. ones as well. So yeah, I mean, especially counties. I've been to. So like I said, this is a, this is like <laughs> our pro and con list. But definitely, you know, not every person's experience is the same. So definitely 
take ours for a grain of salt, but this is like to give you guys our opinion of what we think of our convention experiences in the past and, you know, recently. But like I said, it's not like going to discourage us from not going, so we'll definitely keep going to the C2E2 or Wizard World or any convention that we can try to get to. But sometimes, you know, our schedules don't line up, and luckily our schedules lined up at this time we were able to go together. So like I said, make sure to plan ahead. Keep an eye out there, you know, see who, like, if there's some celebrities that are going to make an appearance at that convention, hey, make your time to go see them. Yeah, there's plenty of smaller ones popping up that are really very solid. I mean, like, we have the tattoo uh, convention coming up at the Donald E. Stevens Center in Rosemont, which is actually pretty solid. It's like I said, there's a, like, so, like, yeah, there's a convention for everybody. I highly suggest it. Um, there's, there's plenty of them in your local counties that host it, and, and these people, you know, they're all small businesses, so it's always good to show support, and especially if it's something that you're into. Like, you don't have to always, you know, gouge out or spend a lot of money on these, you know, main company-funded ones that are, like, corporations, essentially, like, big Marvel ones or anything like that. Go If you're into, if you're into hobbies, certain hobbies, there's got conventions for that. If you're into anime, there's plenty of anime conventions popping up in your local counties. Uh, I've seen it lately as as the years gone by, as as anime has become more mainstream, in the sense that a lot it's it's been reaching a larger audience that are generally interested in this in this art style, and I'm, I'm you know it, it's each their own. Just be respectful and considerate at these conventions, and please understand that these people work hard to make sure that things go smoothly. Uh, and just show appreciation for this and and yeah try it if you haven't and if you aren't don't like crowded areas uh live stream it (laughs) it's like i don't know what else you could do all right so i think that's all the time we got for you guys um thank you once again for tuning in to talking about the franchise and bico make sure to check out our backlog of episodes on anchor spotify google podcast Apple Podcast, you can actually donate to the podcast if you go to anchor.fm slash talking-pop. You can actually go to our page and actually donate. You can donate as little as a dollar. You can donate as much as like five bucks or even ten bucks, you know. Even if you guys go and donate ten bucks, that'd be awesome because you could do as possibly chances are. Um, it's like a three tier. So a little as a dollar is not bad. If you do a five dollar, like, we, we give you a shout out to you guys. Like You can do a, a personal shout out from me and Biko. If you do ten dollars, who knows, man. You could be a guest on a few future episodes. Yeah, we'd about. love to. We'd, we'd love, love to, to hear from you guys, guys. Some, from the yeah. listeners. Um, also, check out our store. It's on teespring.com slash store slash talking about. We got t-shirts. We got hoodies. Um, make sure you listen to that ad we had in the middle of this episode. Like I said, make sure to like us. Subscribe to our podcast. You know, Give us a good rating on Apple. Give us a good rating on Google. You know, give us a good rating. You know, subscribe. Like I said, we're one of those many um, podcasts. You know, that cover pop culture in general. Yeah, there's specific ones, but we cover the whole basis of it. And like I said, and wanted to share our opinions to you guys. So, like I said, this is episode 52. We're gonna keep going strong. We'll try to get do our best to keep content up every week. So make sure to follow us on Facebook as well. It's facebook.com/talkingpop. We post links to the episodes. If you want to post something on there, go ahead. You know, like the web page, post a question, post a topic that you want me and Biko to talk about. Go right ahead. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. And like I said, as always, geek on and take care.